and man, man. How do you tired folks? I'm kind of I'm kind of sorry they stopped that spanking thing for birthdays. See, she'd be kind of fun to spank. Matter of fact, there was this girl wearing some red shoes out there. If we could get her to wear those red shoes, that, no, never mind. I was talking about like a, I just too much again. I'm just I got some Kleenex so I can look like Peter. But I just figured out you're actually supposed to fold those things. I just kind of like, I like it. I'm leaving it, okay? I think it does something. Did you guys see my watch? My watch died yesterday, and I had to buy another watch because I'm lost without it. And so I, I went by the store and bought one sight on scene. I said, said, give me one of those cheap Timexes. It was 24 bucks, and he handed it to me, and I put it on, and I look at it, and I went, holy, I can't even see my wrist. I got wrists like a little girl. And I look at it, and it's, it's hanging off both sides of my wrist like this. And I felt so stupid wearing it. I felt like Flava Flav. I just hang it on there like this. <laughs> it's, it's, you guys missed Flava Flav. You missed it, brothers. It was... Thanks for sticking. Thanks for sticking. I, I just... Uh, um, it is indeed... It's always fun to, to, to do these, and it's always uh, toward the end of the day. It just gets tiring. It's just physically tough to do, and, I, and I'm, I'm grateful that you're here, uh, that you stayed around. Everything that we talked about... Now that's so distracting, I can't stop looking at it. Like... Uh, Everything that we, we've been talking about is, a, um, is about 12-step stuff, the, the stuff that Chris and I are going to do. I'm going to give you guys hope. We're gonna, I'm going to do 30 minutes of this. Chris is going to do 30 minutes of this, and then we're going to go scratch and eat. And um, um, everything <laughs> – it's an old skinny guy thing. I just like, like this. That's a, that's a <laughs> if – Everything is about is about this twelve step stuff. I mean, it's like the whole the whole reason that we do it. It's like the secret handshake. It's like it's like the everything is about this. And then the, the and the reason that we talk about it, the stuff that gets me the most, is that we don't um, we tend to make twelve step work subjective. We t what we tended to do is we d we've done this with most great literature that we've come across. We did it with the big big book, the, the other big book, and we did it. I mean, we just take we take what it is. The big book means what I think it means. Uh, I don't think so, Hoss. It, I, I don't I don't think that the big book means what it says. And and from A to Z, they keep talking about things in great big terms, and they explain things that we were going to have a spiritual awakening as a result of doing twelve simple steps, and that we were going to have a, a, a transformational experience from the work that was going to allow us to, as once useless individuals, become whole and willing and, and able to help somebody else. I mean, as as a group of takers, I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just, I'm, I'm with you, okay? As a group of takers, um, isn't it weird that we would also become to become um, um, some of the greatest givers in the universe? That we would be uh, so different and transformed in our own lives that even our families don't recognize us anymore. They just look and go, that's the same kid? That's the, holy cow, like that. The problem we run into is that Within our fellowship, we've made the idea of 12-step work subjective. We've made it so that if you can't come up with any other excuse, I mean, my deal was always, okay, if I get, get the relationship back home okay and I get the kids all set up like this and I get the job all set up over here and I get all this other kind of stuff, I just, I'll just keep piling on the excuses for not doing 12-step work. So There was an old dude, uh, I'm six months sober, and he, he's talking from the podium and he says, you know what? There are good 12-steppers and bad 12-steppers. And if you're not a good 12-stepper, perhaps you ought to leave that to somebody else. Perhaps you could make coffee or perhaps your service work could be somewhere else. And I'm thinking, I love this guy. I could have kissed that guy that night because he took away every responsibility that I was going to have to do 12-step work. Now listen, there is nowhere in the big book, I've looked, believe me, I've tore this book up looking for it. There's nowhere in this literature that it says that some of us are going to get to do 12-step work and some of us are not going to get to do 12-step work. Because listen, if you're like me, your head's going to sell you the idea that you're never going to be any good. My head always sold me the idea that in the, in the realm of 12-step work, I'm going to be less than. 
I'm never going to measure up. I'm too slow. I'm too, I'm too stupid. I'm too busy. I'm too... Holy cow. I always got a reason like that. I mean, it's like, it's like people say, Myers, Friday night we're going out to, to, to Salvation Army. You want to come? Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, you, you mean this Friday? Uh, brother, I, I can't go out there this Friday, man. I got a commitment I got to do. Like, but listen, I really, I really respect you guys, and I want to be a part of that. And one of these days, I'm going to come out there with you. And I remember those guys just looking at me going, yeah, right, right. Seven years into this gig, I'm coming apart at the seams. I get plugged in with a bunch of big book thumpers. They introduce me to, to Krusty Cliff. Cliff, <laughs> Cliff becomes my sponsor, and, and, he, and, and he was a fine, fine sponsor, still is to this day, 89 years old, and, and he, he still sponsors more men than anybody I know and is still active in the fellowship. And, and I'm, I'm watching this cat, uh, and I'm doing everything. I'm his book boy. I go where he goes. I carry his books for him. I'm, I'm driving for him, you know, like this. I'm just like a little chauffeur for him like that. The problem is I'm not, man, when, he set, when he's done at the end of the hour, wherever it is that we're going like this, I gather up all the books and look real busy, and then I get them in my thing and I grab my cell phone and I head for the door. Now he's still in there working with drunks, but I'm heading for the door. I got, man, I got calls to return. I'm a busy man. And you understand? And, and, but the, the problem is, is that I'm not getting any of the payoff. Two years after I'm gone to primary purpose group, we're studying, I'm understanding this stuff. From a knowledge standpoint, I'm understanding how most of this stuff connects up. The problem is there's this word, ah, action. <laughs> that I'm not too keen on. I'm going to ignore it for as long as I can. And I'm sitting around this room one night, and all of a sudden it becomes clear. You know you these little moments of clarity. Sometimes we have them before we sober up or at the day we sober up. Sometimes they just happen out of the blue. And all of a sudden I went, oh, no. And I'm looking at the ceiling, and I'm going, man. And I... Clifford was standing there, and I said, can I see you for a couple of seconds? And he said, yep. And he invited me in the back room of this little parlor like that. And I said, Clifford... I'm still not like you guys, am I? And he goes, not even close. And I, he, he said, at least you shut up and you're not saying stupid things anymore. And I started to, I said, well, that's a good thing. And he said, yeah, that's a good thing. But Myers, he said, you'll never, ever, ever understand what this is about until you get off your butt and go carry a message, until you do 12-step work the way we talk about it. He said, you're willing to play the games around Alcoholics Anonymous. You're willing to play the games around 12-step work. You talk a good game but the reality of that stuff is, is that you're not doing any of these things. And i got to tell you, Myers, I love you to death, and I'm going to tell you the truth, and always will. It makes you a phony. A phony? I'm your bud. I'm your book boy. I'm your, I'm your pal. I, you're still a hypocrite. You're telling people to do something that you're not even doing yourself. Shit. Okay. What do I do? I'll tell you what you do, Myers. Tomorrow night, Wednesday night, you know what night it is? Yep, Salvation Army night. Yep, you're going to be there, right? And I went, yes, sir. I'm always there carrying your books. And he said, well, okay, but tomorrow night I want you to take part in the festivities. And I went, what do you mean? And he said, I just want you to, to be a part of it. I don't want you collecting books and walking out the door. I want you there trying to help those men in there. I'm going to give you a chance to read some stuff, and then, and then we'll see what happens. Inside, I'm going, no, no, I don't... I don't want to do this. I don't, because I kind of dig the idea of being a phony. I don't. I mean, I'm not. I don't want to look in the mirror. It looks bad, but but it's it's okay. I can live with it. I can I can because I don't want to do anything. I don't. I don't want to be around a bunch of stinking drunks. I just want to look like I'm around them. I just. So I get up there. I walk. I walk around the parking lot for a minute. I'm looking for Clifford's car. I'm looking for, for Dara's car. I'm looking for the other people that were there trying to do the deal. Like that the guy, Philip, nobody's there. And all of a sudden it occurred to me, I just got hosed by my friends. <laughs> There's nobody there but me. And so I'm waiting and I'm waiting. I'm thinking sooner somebody else will show up to carry this message. And, and nobody shows up. So I clear security and I walk in. And I walk into this big old gymnasium like this. And it's full of, of, of mostly black guys, one or two little Mexican Latino guys over here, and pasty little Myers right up here up front like this. And I'm so scared. My knees are shaking. I'm just freaking out. I'm so scared. I don't know what to... 
And then finally I simmered down. I go, I got no choice. I'm standing up here in front of all these guys like that. They come forward. They're sitting there like that waiting for me to do it. I just got my book out, picked up where we left off last week and started doing the deal. And I got into this thing a little bit. We started laughing about some stuff. And we started having some fun with it like this. And, and, and I kind of relaxed. And, and they're kind of digging it. And I'm kind of digging it. And the, uh, pretty soon I look down and the hour's over. I grab my books up like this. We visited for a little bit like this. And I'm walking out the door strangely altered. I just felt sort of different. And I remember walking around that thing like this. And I thought, man, this is the coolest thing in the whole wide world. And about that time, this guy's standing there. And he goes, hey, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah. And he said, can you come back tomorrow night? And I got to tell you guys, it was the weirdest deal. There's a part of me that went, oh, I almost made it. If I'd have walked a little faster, if I I almost made it out the door. And then there's another part of me that went, did I just hear that guy ask me to come back? Did I? Wow. And it just, it it blew me away. I walk out the door like that, get him in that thing or my car, and I come on home, and, and I, so I get up the next morning, and something's weird, something's different. I'm sitting on the edge of the bed, and I looked at my wife, and I'm just looking around the room like this, and kind of scratching, and I'm going, the heck? I just felt weird, I just felt different like that. So I, 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 I go to work, she's my business partner, she's the smart one, and so she, we're there together in the same room, and I can't keep my eyes off the telephone. And finally she goes, okay, Myers, what gives? And I said, oh, nothing. A little bit later, she says, Myers, what gives? And I went, oh, nothing. i I'm, I got to go back over to Salvation Army tonight and do a, do a talk. And she goes, okay, what time's the talk? And I said, 8 o'clock. And she goes, Myers, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. Get, get in this game. And I went, okay, okay, I will. Well, I made it until lunch. And I, and I couldn't make it anymore. So I, I, I said, listen, I got to get out of here. I got to get ready. And she said, what do you mean get ready? And I said, I got, I got notes to put together. I got I to be prepared. And she's just kind of looking at me, and she's not sure what's going on, okay? And, nor am I. And so I go home, and I take a shower, and I got all these clothes laid out. I was just... I always feel weird to tell this. I probably ought to take this out of the story. But I've already started it. So I got all these clothes laid out. It's like I'm going on a date. I mean, I got suits laid out, and I got sports stuff laid out, and I got T-shirts laid out, and I got all this kind of stuff. And I'm just, it's like I'm getting ready. I go, no, 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 I don't like that. Like, and then pretty soon I get all worked up, and I say, oh, i just take another shower. And so I go take another shower, and I come back out like this. And it's just like I'm just getting my ensemble together. And, um, and so I get my Toyota Land Cruiser with no air conditioning in July in Dallas, and I drive 35 miles to the Salvation Army Dallas. It's 630 I got, I got a, a, a couple of hours to kill before it's time to go do this talk. And an um, um, hour and a 45 minutes to be exact. And I'm, I'm just, so I'm, I'm on Harry Hines walking up and down the street with the hookers and the junkies. And, and, and I'm just, I'm just, I don't know what else to do. I mean, I'm ready to do this thing like this. And I know that that's where I'm supposed to be. There's no place else on God's green earth that I'm supposed to be other than Salvation Army Dallas on, on that night. And I, I'm just, I, it's, it's destiny and I feel it. And so I just go in and I walk in. So when I walked around the, in the thing, I'm, I'm a trained professional now. I know how to get through the security. And I go. To, and as I walk around the court, the, the outside of this thing into the in, interior of this gym, gymnasium, all of these men are at the back of the room. They're way back there. And as I walk in, they all start walking towards me real fast. And it's like, some of you guys that have been in bar fights, you know there's an appropriate speed to approach somebody. And there's an... <laughs> You know when somebody's walking at you just a little bit too fast like this? Well, all of these guys start walking really quick towards me like this, and then right about there they stop, and then there's one huge guy, and he just keeps walking, and he walks right into my face like this, and I put my arms out like this to stop myself because I thought he was going to hit me, and when I went like this, he just scoops down like this with his big old arms, and he picks me up off the ground, and I, he's holding me like I'm nothing, guys. <laughs> Like I don't even weigh anything. And my feet aren't touching the ground. And he's just like this. And I'm pushing really hard against his chest like this. And then finally it occurs to me that he would, he, if he wanted to hurt me, he could have already hurt me. He, this was not, this is, this is years of goofy, ignorant bigotry on my part, okay? This is, I'd been beat up a couple of times by black guys in Houston because I was in places. I had no business being doing things I had no business doing. And, and, and I just had a head full of, of old ideas. This, this guy like this. And finally, I realized that I was just pushing and it was stupid. And so finally, I just dropped my arms like this, like this, and just let my, laid my head down on his chest. <laughs> <laughs> and just, it was just the, 
I got to tell you guys, I've never been held more tenderly by anybody in my whole life. <laughs> to this day, to this day. And, and, and that, that guy, he just took me like this and he just set me back down on the ground like this. And, 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 he, and he looked, I was kind of looking up at him like this and he bent over toward my ear and he said, we've been looking forward to you coming back over here all day long. And I just looked at him and I went, me, t me too. <laughs> guys, I think I know what Jimmy Swagger feels like. Because I, I had my big book and I mean, we were just getting, the room was hot and I was sweating and I was shucking clothes like this. And those guys were laughing and we were having the time of our life going through this stuff. And it was just a, it was just a laugh fest. We just laughed the whole time. And, and at the end of this thing, man, we do the Lord's Prayer. Amazing thing. 160 black guys. It's like a room full of angels in that room. It was the craziest thing I've ever heard in my whole life. And, and I, we drop hands and this guy says, hey, uh, will you sponsor me? And about that time, three or four other hands went up going, me too, me too, me too, like this. And I went, oh. now, so I'm, I, I leave in one day, I go from being a holdout, I don't want to be involved, to five or six guys that I'm expected to take through the work. And I'm going, what do you do? What do you do? Let me tell you something. That'll happen to you and you'll figure out real quick how to get guys through the work quicker. Seriously, you just because you, you have to do it. You have no choice in the matter. There's too many sick people out there and not enough people willing to take the responsibility to help them. Um, Y'all get that, right? M guys, uh, my life was transformed by 12-step work. My life changed Everything in my life changed the moment I stepped up and did this stuff. My relationship with my wife or my relationship with my kids and my coworkers, other people about me, my relationship with other members of Alcoholics Anonymous. Everything changed when I decided to get involved and do the things that they asked me to do from the very beginning. It is not a suggestion. It is the truth. If you want to be free, if you want to know what that's about, then go do, go do that kind of work. I'm going to tell you one more real quick story, and then I'm out of here. The... Um, um, and then there's a reason that I want to tell you this story because the, the, I think that if we could look at this thing from a distance, if we could back up and look at the bigger picture of what happens when we do this work, uh, we would, I think that there would be none of us that would not jump at the chance to do this stuff. There was, there was a gal that, that used to go to our group for years and she was a sweetheart and, and uh, um, she'd had um, a lot of problems in her youth, in her, in her childhood uh, abuse like I've never ever seen. I won't even go there telling her story, uh, but, but you've never even in your wildest imaginations would believe how a, a kid could be abused. And this, this little girl was a mess. And um, she was now a full grown adult and she was trying to uh, adopt a kid from overseas and she had a bunch of stuff, brilliant, brilliant woman and she was adopt, adopting this kid and she was trying to get her life together and anyway she got real busy and she kind of stopped going to our group it was not convenient to where she lived she started going to another group I'm not knocking the other group guys I just said but but she just sort of drifted away from the things that we did in 12-step work and got busy just looking at her own stuff and I, I get that I'm not even judging that I, I understand how she could do that I didn't see her for like two years I know she's okay. I keep up with her a little bit through, uh, through mutual friends. I get this call one Friday night, Friday afternoon, about 4 o'clock, and said, hey, can you come see her? I'll call her Tammy. It's not her name. And she can you come see Tammy? Um, she's in some trouble. And I said, where is she? And he goes, well, she's at her house. And I said, what's going on? And she, he said, just, just get over here. And so I drive across town. It's about 40-minute drive over there to where she lives like this. And I pull up front, and there's cars everywhere. And I park, and I walk inside, and the rooms are full of people like this. And I look inside like this, and I get she, I said, where's Tammy? And they said, well, she's in the bedroom. And I walk in there like this, and shit, the door, the, everything is closed up. The windows are all closed up, that stuff like this. And she's laying in, in, in bed in her pajamas, and she's been there, obviously, for a long time. And she's sick, really I'm talking psychotic sick. She's just out, out of it. She's a nut job. And, um, and there's a lot of women gathered around her, and there's some men in the room like this. And so I walk over, and we start talking for a couple of seconds. And I said, are you okay? And she says, no. And I said, buddy, we got to get you to the hospital, sweetheart, You now. And I started moving around, and she says, no, I can't. And about that time, this lady grabs my arm, and she pulls me out of the way. And she said, didn't you hear what she just said? And I looked at this lady. I'm not in the mood to be jerked around with like this. And I looked at her and I said, I heard what she said. What's this about? And she said, she won't go to the hospital. We've been trying for two days to get her to go to the hospital and she won't go. And I said, well, 
we got a problem here because this little girl's unhinged. She's sick and she needs help. And she goes, I know, but she won't go because there'll be a record of her hospital visit. And if she goes to the hospital, she can't get her kid. Oh, and oh hell, what a mess. What a mess. And so the lady's looking at me and, and, um, um, and Tammy goes, Myers, and she said, will you just come sit with me for a minute? And I sat there for a second and like this. And she said, I said, we got to do something. And she said, I don't know what to do. And I said, let me think about it a minute. And I didn't know what to do. I just stood up and I, th and I thought, I got to get out of here for a minute. And I walked out in the backyard of her house and I'm just standing in the backyard like this and I'm looking, the sun's just going down and I'm just looking at the ground and I'm thinking like this and all of a sudden I have this thought and I thought, no, no way. No, uh-uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm arguing with myself and, and, and what I'm hearing is this girl needs to do some 12-step work. And I'm thinking, this is the stupidest idea I've ever come up with. And then it occurred to me, Myers, maybe it's not you that came up with the idea. <laughs> so I back out of the deal, walk back inside like this, and I said, ladies, um, can you get her dressed? And she looks at me like this, and I said, we're not going to the doctor. And she said, you promise? And I said, scout's honor. We're not going to the doctor like that. I got another plan. So one of the ladies in the room said, where are you going to take her? And I said, they don't know me from Adam. They don't even know who I am. And they said, where are you going to take her? And I said, um, I'm going to take her to do some 12-step work. And this lady looked at me and she said, are you nuts? And she was, I mean, you, you talk, have you, any of you guys ever kicked a hornet's nest? Let me tell you something. These, these women went crazy. And then in two seconds, they had the men stirred up. And pretty soon, I got a house full of people that are ready to come unglued on me because of my stupid suggestion. But somehow or another, it just felt like the right thing to do. And I said, buddy, let's just get this done. I said, you get her in the shower, get her dressed, and, and I'm going to take her. And so they did. They got her dressed, and I took her and met up. I called a girl that I know that, was gonna, that, that could come with us. And so they went with me, and we went down to Homer Bound on a Friday night at 8 o'clock. And they have a girl's side of the thing and a guy's side of the thing. And I went up and did my commitment on the guy's side of the deal. And the, the girls took her up on the, on, the, on the other side. And I'm watching her walk across there, and she's all humpled over. And she just looks like, she looks like a girl that's totally unhinged that needs to be in a hospital. 10 minutes, 15 minutes into the deal, I can't stand it anymore. I've done my little piece of the thing, and my other guys that I'm sponsoring, they're up there doing their little piece of the deal. And I just looked at them, and I said, guys, the rest of the night's yours. i got to go outside and see what's going on. So I walk back downstairs and walk into the middle of the parking lot, and I'm just standing there waiting. I've never been so nervous in my whole life. And I'm looking around for ambulances. I'm looking for all kinds of, I don't know what's going to happen like this. A couple of minutes later, the door opens like this. She comes walking out like this, and she's way over there. She's as far as from here to the coffee pot to where I am, and I could see her, and somehow she was taller. She just looked more together, and I thought, holy cow, God, please let this be okay. And she walks down like this, and she starts walking towards me, and I started walking toward her, and by the time we met in the middle of the parking lot like this, I said, are you okay? And she said, yep. And she looked at me. She says, Myers, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not on top of my game. <laughs> but I got to tell you, I'm going to be okay. And I know I'm going to be okay. And it's funny, I asked the girl with her, I said, what happened in there? And she said, you know what, the funny thing is, we all did our little share and we ended up with some time there like this. And I just looked at her and I said, Susan, it's yours. And I sat down. And she said, okay, and she got up, and pretty soon she did her deal like this. And, the, and the, the thing about it was, was that the act of getting out of her head seemed to break whatever cycle that was repeating itself, and she got okay. A week later, she's back at work. Another week later, she left to go to, to wherever it was that she got the little kid from, and they came back. That little kid's in high school now, I think. I can't, I, I lose sight of, she was a little bitty baby when I first met her like this. It shows you how long it's been like this. But the, the point of this thing, guys, is that we, we tend to, in our old ideas, say what will happen and won't happen. We say, I'll expect this if I do this. And I got to tell you, I'm not being disrespectful. You don't know jack shit about what's going to happen. You don't have a clue what's going to happen. If you've not experienced it, you, you understand what I'm saying? I, you don't know. Once we get off our rear end and once we get into a situation where we're doing what God asks us to do in the first place, to be of service to someone else, miraculous things happen in our own recovery um, and in the lives of other people. If you're not doing this, please, please, 
Find somebody to take you someplace. Submit to that process. Don't lose my email address because I want to hear you. I want to hear the stories. I want to hear from you about the stuff that goes on. For you people, I won't get a chance to see you in the morning because i got to leave early, but i got to tell you something. For, for, for you that stayed in this deal when it was easier to go away, I'm honored to be in the same room with you. Some, for you ladies that have taken the heat and, and stayed and are sponsoring people, I cannot tell you what an honor it is to be here. You little buckaroos, you little lathered up kids. Some of you sitting in here with milk mustaches still, you know, like the, your little... Some of you guys are in here with little towels so you can take a nap. I mean, some of y'all are so young that I just like, I am so honored to share the same room with you. I, I cannot begin to tell you how cool it is um, uh, to be here with people who see and understand what our primary purpose is. I love you cats very much. Stay in touch. Thank you. No. <laughs> no, I can't do that. My name is Chris Raymer. I'm a grateful recovered alcoholic. And I'm delighted to be, be here. Uh, we'll, we'll go kind of quick through here. I wanted to talk uh, about uh, some of the same stuff Myers was talking about. Um, I, uh, I, too, you know, we're leaving in the morning, so I'm, I'm going to miss you guys in the morning. Uh, I sure want to... Uh, Again, thank everybody for letting us come up here and do this. And uh, it was an honor to share the podium with Peter. He's as polished as they come. And uh, uh, it, it's, a, it's a cool thing to be able to do this. Um, I, uh, when, uh, I want to make a, a real quick point. Uh, Peter referred to it earlier, and, and I want to make sure in case anybody misunderstands what we're doing here. Uh, Alcoholics Anonymous is, uh, is my fellowship. I've been a card carrier since that. 1980. Uh, some of the new guys. Is there a card? No, there's not. It's a. That's. <laughs> that's an expression. But I mean, I've been a part of this, and I. It's the only game in town. Uh, I've uh, uh, worked in the industry for a long time, treatment center business for about 20 years, and the, the folks that we can get out of there and get them hooked back up to AA can do great, and the people we can't just fall flat on their ass, and that's just pretty much it. And so, I, I, I would never do anything to disperse this fellowship. I. I, I I love this fellowship. I, I absolutely do. And I want it to be here for another 70 whatever years it is. I, I just, uh, this is home to me. Um, my sponsor used to say there's killing things going on in our fellowships. And, and there's a lot of mixed messages and a lot of confusion. A lot of people that feel like it's their right to share anything they want. And so uh, I can appreciate all of that. But, and then the last thing we want to do is get in a pissing contest with, each, you know, this is the way, this is the way. But I think the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous pretty much summed it up. It talked about in the forwards that our flying blind period was over. That it was because we got this literature and this is what we were supposed to be doing. The book paints a really clear picture about the absolute necessity of working with others. Uh, on uh, page 14 and 15 in Bill's story, it says, you, will not po you can't possibly survive the certain trials and low spots ahead unless you grow spiritually by work and self-sacrifice for others. It didn't say unless you pray or go to church or any of this other. It says, if by working with you, by sacrificing my time and spending some time with you, I get a chance to grow spiritually. It's very up in the very front in Bill's story. Now, this, what we're doing here is not 12-step work. What I do at home with a bunch of the little knuckleheads that I sponsor, that's 12-step work. And I, I want everybody, I get to do this as a, as a, as a, as a, as a, I'm just, somebody said, how do you get to be a circuit speaker? And I said, you got to piss God off bad. I, I got to tell you. <laughs> Because you're never, you're never home. It gets to be long. And you get to take shots from people. The Internet is full of absolute cowards that can take, it, take, a, take our inventory at a drop of a hat just because they can. You know, and there's no way that you can defend yourself. And sooner or later, I'll just get tired of it and just go away. And, it, and somebody else can, can take up the slack. We're not going to change Alcoholics Anonymous from the podium. There's no speaker out there that's going to change AA from the podium. We're not. We're going to change it from one little alcoholic working with another little alcoholic working with another little alcoholic. That's how we do it. That's how we start changing this whole thing. For the first time in, in years, Alcoholics Anonymous has actually started to, to grow again in numbers instead of dwindle or stay the same. Uh, and I think it's simply because a lot of people like you guys, I mean, look at this room. Y'all have been locked steady since last night. I mean, that's, come on guys, we could have done this 20 years ago. I was doing it and I guarantee you by this time we'd have had 
it wouldn't have been a very big room anymore. So I'm, I'm absolutely, I concur with what Meyer said. Every single one of you, uh, I'm uh, absolutely uh, delighted to be a part. Dr. Bob sponsored about 5,000 guys in his 15 years of life. He didn't sponsor like we historically have sponsored. I know some of you in here uh, have not taken what we've said to heart about taking people on to raise. Uh, if you're reading this question and answer on sponsorship, you will read it and go out in the back and shoot yourself because it basically it says take them on to raise. And, and, I, and I, I don't want to do that. I, my time's too valuable for that. I, I don't, if, if I start taking responsibility for your sobriety or your relapses, you know, see what I'm saying? And it gets, it all of a sudden, it puts me up as Mr. Mr. AA guru. And, and like we've said from the podium, but it's the last thing we want to do, guys. Anytime some of you guys try to put me on that pedestal, I'm, I'm fighting mad about it, you know, just because you, you can't do that because we're all capable of making mistakes and doing stupid stuff. But Dr. Bob's my hero in the lineage that I come from. That's, that's, that's my boy. They didn't spend any, any time, any length of time working with each individual person. If you're ready to get sober, we're going to show you how to do it, and then you're going to help us carry the message. And if not, you can go away. Bye-bye. I, I, I listen to people nonstop talk about their sponsorship techniques, and it's just like, guys, I, I, I understand. It's like what something Meyer said earlier. You know, we get people approach all the time. If you're sponsoring more than one or two men, your ego's involved. You know, I got to tell you guys, if you would sponsor more than one or two men, I wouldn't have to sponsor so many. And we could just move on down the road a little bit. I, I, what are you going to do? I mean, some of our people in our fellowships, men and women, they get burned out because the same people continue to come over and over and over while the rest of the fellowship, I'm not taking a shot. I, this is just the truth. Sit on the sideline and take our inventory. But more power to you. I don't know what to, I don't know what to say. Uh, I'm seven years in Alcoholics Anonymous and cannot get sober. And again, we talked about it. Nobody was trying to hurt me. They were trying to be very gentle with me. 1987, after that suicide attempt, I come back in there and they... they, they these guys, they, they took me under their wing and they, and they basically, they, they gave me a little rundown of some things we were going to do and I'm going to cover that in the next few minutes. But basically what they said is, Chris, we're going to get you through the steps at a pretty good clip because that's the way they used to do it in the past. Your problem is, again, not that you're working the steps incorrectly, you're not working the steps at all. And somebody's going to have to start taking some responsibility to help you get off dead center and do this. Don't, yeah, make sense? I don't know any anybody anywhere anywhere that's ever walked into an AA meeting, looked up there at the twelve steps, and says, "Hmm, yeah, absolutely, that looks like that'll work." You know, <laughs> come on, really? N never. You know, and they this, they're gonna they're gonna prod me onto this deal. The guy that brought Alcoholics Anonymous to Texas had been uh, in detox in uh, Ohio in Cleveland. A uh, guy was named uh, Larry J. He's dead a long time. Larry Jewell was his name. And the history books are full of it. And uh, uh, he had a health problem, and they needed to get him out of the cold climate, which I think is a wise idea from some of you Eskimos. And, um, <laughs> and he said, you need to go to a warmer climate. So you, and he had a job offer in Texas, so he came to Texas. He got out of detox. They handed him a big book, and he went to Texas. He had never been to one single AA meeting. Let me perhaps repeat myself. He had never been to one single AA meeting. And he brought the message to Texas. And he wrote some cool articles, and people got excited, and he started some meetings in Texas based on the 12 steps. And uh, he stayed sober, and the rest is history. I mean, the history books are full of it. You had some similar uh, story. Uh, I won't even get into the history. Y'all understand where I'm at with that. And say somewhere, somehow in the last 78 years or so, we have, we have moved away from this idea that each individual one of us can, can affect some change. We go to meetings and we go to treatment and we talk about all the damage we've done. Just, just think for a second, guys. Collectively, we, we've had about uh, 10 million marriages in here, this room. <laughs> We've done some damage, but just think for a second, because of, of, of each individual one of us in this room not drinking a stupid day at a time, how many lives have been positive, positively affected, changed forever? We don't have to be counselors. We don't have to be therapists. We don't have to, we don't have to be doctors. Just the simple fact that I'm in, oh my gosh, and I humbled myself, got my ego in check by working the 12 steps, and all of a sudden, I'm able to, to, to change lives everywhere. God, all I ever wanted to do is be useful. I, and I got my wish. 
When I sit down with guys, I, if, if you guys email me, I put my email up here for any of you who didn't get cards. But for any, I, I got this little list that I go over. My sponsor used to do this stuff with me. We used to laugh about it because in the, in the pages that uh, uh, Peter was reading earlier, we talked about willing to go to any lengths. And I've never sat down with a, with a newcomer and said, are you willing to go to any lengths? And the answer is always yes. Now, I've never had one say, well, you know, no. They always say, absolutely, tears, snot coming out of the nose. Yes, I'll do anything. <laughs> Okay, again, remember the windows. We've got to strike while the iron is hot. Remember you said it, because I'm going to remind you you said it in about two weeks. <laughs> when your ego starts to rebuild itself and you start thinking you're... Myers talks about the holy trinity. Job, truck, pickup. You know, job, truck, work, girl. You know, and it's just like... That's, and then all of a sudden we're bulletproof. You see him in treatment. I'll do anything. I'll do anything. Help me get sober. And then, you, you know, they get sober. And then in about six or seven days, about the time they've taken their last Ativan, you know, they're sitting in the back of the room, got the sunglasses on, all kicked back, talking to some babe. Hey, buddy, why don't you come up here? No, I'm okay back here. Wow. Six days, six days to get bulletproof happens, symptoms of the disease. Anyway, I sat down with them real quick, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run over this little, little list, and um, you guys are free to agree or disagree. You can add to this or whatever, but I think if we tell the newcomer what they're in for at the beginning, then they're not so surprised downstream, you know, because this is not going to be a cakewalk. You'll see on this list that there's nowhere in here where it says 90 meetings in 90 days. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm going to ask them first off the same questions these guys that talk to me about. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you if you're willing to sit with me and be, to allow me to qualify you. I don't care how many treatment centers you've been to. It's amazing to me how many people go to multiple treatments, just like we were talking about last night, and still don't understand that they're an alcoholic. They still have this lurking notion in the back of their head that their case is a little bit different. So I'm going to ask you, if I'm going to be working with you, if you're willing, I don't care if, if, I, if you're new or old, I'm going to ask, I don't care. 20-year-old guy, you want me to sponsor you? I'm going to sit you down and I'm going to qualify you just like a newcomer. Because I've got to find out what we're dealing with here. Are we dealing with alcoholism? Are we dealing with drug addiction? Are we dealing with a combo of both? Are we dealing with somebody that's just hiding out in the fellowship? We need to find out. Y'all with us? I'm going to, you know the old expression, oh, I didn't get here by mistake. Some do. Y'all follow? They're the, they're the pain in my butt. I can promise you that. I guarantee you. Second thing, I'm going to ask you if you're willing to do the steps quickly. If you're not, I don't want to play with you. Make sense? This is, this, this is not a race. Yes, it is. Yes, absolutely it is. I'm racing the disease. And so, besides, I'm going to set some time now. I'm willing to give you some time, but I'm not willing to drag this out forever. We're not going to do this on your schedule. We're going to do it on my schedule. That's a thought. Listen, I'm going to cut to the chase down here and understand. We're going to treat everybody a little bit different. I can't take certain people. If I've got somebody that's, that's definitely a little, like mentally challenged like Myers, and I'm going to have to go... I'm, <laughs> This is an example. I'm, I may have to go a little slower with him than, than I'm going to go with, with, with somebody else that's maybe a little sharper, like Peter. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I'm going to take six months to do it. Guys, anybody that's taken longer than a couple of months, I'll give you a couple of months. I, I don't have a problem. 30 days? I, I don't care. But if you're taking longer than a couple of months to get through the steps, then you don't understand the first step. Do you, uh, you, you don't understand the urgency of this. This is my one, one single complaint against treatment centers is they've, they've almost single-handedly removed the urgency to finish this work. We get them all well and detox and pat them on the butt. Everything's fine. And they come back and what's the race? Everything's fine until they get hit with this mental blank spot. Y'all remember that in the book? Suddenly, the thought crossed my mind. I could put an ounce of whiskey in the milk if I, you know what? The simple fact that an adult would drink milk anyway, <laughs> never mind. I can hear my mama now. Don't you know where that stuff comes from? Yeah, I do, mom. 
willing to attend specific meetings early on. I'm going to ask the guys that I'm sponsoring, I'm going to ask them to go to specific meetings, folks. I'm not going to give them a meeting schedule. Again, I want you to go to 90 meetings. I don't care if they go to 90 meetings. I want them to go with what they can go with. If you're not working and you're a young guy and you don't, and you don't have a family, hell, go to 120 meetings. I don't care. I'm not saying don't go to the meeting. I'm saying we got to take things into consideration. You may be a nice single woman with two sick kids at home. You can't go to 90 meetings in 90 days. And stop trying to guilt me into it. How bad do you when he gets sober? Eat me. <laughs> bad, but somebody's still got to take care of the kids. Y'all understand? Okay, if you can only go to three meetings a week, I want you to go to literature-based meetings. I want you to stay out of the stupid open discussion meetings that are going to encourage you to feel sorry for yourself. I'm just, I'm just, please. These are the guys I'm sponsoring. I'm going to ask you to be willing to focus on just the big book until we get the steps done. I'm not going to hand you a big book and a 12 and 12 and a bunch of other literature. We, time's a-wasting right now. I'm going to get you through the work, and then we're going to read everything that AA produces. And then we're going to find everything that every other fellowship produces. I, I'm a reader from hell. I, I, I love to read about recovery, and I want you to do the same thing. Y'all follow? Initially, going in the door, we're not going to read the two books together. I love the 12 and 12. Please don't email me mad because I, I besmirched the 12 and 12. I think it's a great, great it will confuse the newcomer if, if you read it. It was done 11 years after the big book was done. Bill Wilson was up to his ass in therapy at the time and with, 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 Harry, with, with Tebow. And, and he, these were just afterthoughts. And it says in the front, this is not the way to do it. Okay. Y'all with me? A lot of nodding heads. Okay. Did anybody hear me knock the 12 and 12? Okay. Please. I'm so tired of that. I could puke. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to be extremely honest with me. And that means everything. When I sit down with you the first day, we're going to talk about this stuff, guys. I'm not going to wait till you get an inventory done and we're going to talk downstream. I want to know going in the door that big stuff that's going on in your life. You got, you got the cops looking for you. I need to know about it. And here's one in particular. I want to know every prescription medication you're on because I want to know what's going on in your little head. Y'all follow? I'm not a doctor, and I'm not going to tell you to get off those medications. But I'm not going to sponsor you if you're on a whole bunch of mind-altering chemicals. I can choose who I'm going to work with, folks. And if you're getting your spiritual experience in a Xanax, I don't need to sponsor you. Y'all follow? Well, some people need to take... It's, it's, I didn't say they didn't. I just said, I'm not going to sponsor you. It's my right. Did, did anybody hear me say stop taking? I didn't. Okay. You can't take a benzo and not be triggered back into alcoholism. That's the problem with those meds. And a lot of doctors should know better. But I need to know what the meds are. These guys helped me get off a bunch of these meds only because I told them I was on them. Amazing to me how many people I watch in the program with long-term relationships with their sponsor and they're taking a bunch of medications and the sponsor doesn't even know it. And they're sitting and they're in, in trouble around the medications and nobody knew it. So... It's just not fair. Sex, checks, are you having an affair? Where are you at with your finances? I want to know if you're in debt up to your butt because we're going to have to start dealing with this stuff right off the bat. You'll follow? Your guilt, your shame will block you from the sunlight of the Spirit so fast it will make your head swim. We need to get on through it. So number six, I'm going to ask you to be willing to be open-minded about anonymity. I had, I, I've talked to some of y'all about that. At a group level, Dr. Bob talked about the absolute uh, ridiculousness of being anonymous. If you're in this fellowship and you want to be anonymous that's your right but it's not suggested at the group level it's suggested at the level of press radio and films so we go out here and they want to do a little interview with the speakers my name is chris r from austin texas from ingram texas wherever the hell i'm from i i, I move around a bit <clears throat> if i'm in here with you shame on me if i'm doing that I, and Dr. Bob talked about it. You can practice above the tradition or below the tradition. And y'all are free to grind your teeth about that if you want to. I'm not telling you to go out there and if, if you feel uncomfortable with it. The problem is, guys, is that my life is so blessed because everybody out there, you know, I, I'm tiptoeing in the back door of an AA meeting because I don't want anybody to know I'm going back to AA. And then I find out that I'm on the prayer list of every church up in North Texas. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. You, you'll, come on, guys. I'm driving a pickup truck that looks, looks like a drunk would drive. You know what I'm saying? Everybody up there knew that I was an alcoholic but now all of a sudden I'm getting sober and I don't want anybody to know you know I got people in my own sponsorship lineage they won't even tell me their last name you're not going to be in my lineage because if I need you to follow first experience we had with this we had a buddy of ours in a, in a room where we were getting sober that uh, had a heart attack and we went down to the to the to the hospital to see him we need to see Wayne Wayne who 
Wayne G. It, they wouldn't let us in. I mean, why should they? I thought you said you were a friend. Well, we are. But you don't even know their last name? Guys, I'm going to tell you, and for every opportunity that you can break your anonymity out there in public, I'm not saying break your anonymity in AA. Break the fact that you're in recovery. Tell the people you work with, what's the secret? I'm a recovered alcoholic. I got people calling me nonstop. I got a bank of calls waiting for me when I get back to the room to call people wanting some help. They couldn't do that if they didn't know how to reach me. I just, just I want my guys to be open to the idea of being a, uh, to to understand what true an, an anonymity looks like. I'm going to ask you to be willing willing to do a service commitment now from day one. The group I got sober in, I'll never forget it. There was a chalkboard on the wall, and up above the chalkboard it says, "You can't sponsor till you've been sober two years." Oh, but I see it all over the world. Every place we go, we walk in the clubs, we walk in the, these AA meetings. You can't chair until you're six months sober. Wow. Guys, really? In page, bottom of page 129, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a clarifying uh, separation between working with others and sponsorship. And I'm not saying at, at three weeks sober that you can go out and sponsor somebody right off the bat. It may be a little quick for that. But, but this idea of working with another alcoholic ASAP is going to make all the difference in the world. That first weekend that I went back into Alcoholics Anonymous, they had me vacuum in the floors. Chris, come over here and help us wash the coffee cups. Man, I didn't dirty them up. He said, Chris, you've been a taker all your life. Why don't you just help us do this? And all of a sudden, it's my club now. You know, I just vacuumed that floor. Buddy, what are you doing with the mud on your feet? What, what, this is my club. You, you follow? They created a demon is what they did. <laughs> but guys, for seven years in Alcoholics Anonymous, nobody would let me do anything in AA. Listen, buddies, for you new guys that are just brand new in here, let me just get real close to the point. Please, if you find a job in AA, you'll stay. If you don't find a job here, you're going to get bored with this and you're going to go away. And, that's, and I'm going to repeat what Meyer said and, and, and Peter. We need you. i got to ask the question for, to the old timers. Do we have enough people in the trench to actually tell people not to help? It's, I mean, it's just like these, 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 these work operations. We see them in the big cities. You know, you've got two little Mexican guys down in the trench digging their butts off, working there, and you've got 15 people sitting around with clipboards looking down in the hole. And that's, that's our state in Alcoholics Anonymous. Everybody's just kind of checking it out. Oh, hey, you missed a spot over here, buddy. I don't think you did that right. And two people digging. We, grab your shovel, buddy, in the hole with us. That's where we need you. That's where the miracle is. It's a train wreck anyway. Myers said it. Don't lose our number. If you get out there and somebody asks you to sponsor them, you turn around real quick and say this. Say, yes. Oh, shit. Ding, 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 ding. Listen, I got this guy and he's one, and I'm sponsoring and, and talk to your sponsor. Call us and we're going to show you how. You don't have to do anything in this fellowship by yourself. How do you learn to chair a meeting? Your sponsor sits right next to you and you open the book like that and you say, okay, buddy, start reading right there. I said, buddy, what happens if I get in trouble here? I'm right here. We're teachers. It's okay in all walks of our life. How did I learn to ride a bike? Somebody taught me. How did I learn to turn a computer on? My 11-year-old stepson showed me. <laughs> I threatened him with his life, too. If you tell her, tell, never mind. Don't tell anybody that this. But he knew how to do it. I didn't have to argue with that. I didn't know how. Yeah, same thing. You, you, you can't get in trouble if you're leaning on the guy ahead of you. Y'all follow? And if he don't know the answer, we'll go above him and we'll find out. You just, you're not going to do this perfect, guys. You're just not. I want you to be accountable in all three parts of the program. We talked about it earlier, recovery, unity, service. That means I want you to go to meetings and I want you to be working these steps and I want you to be being of service. I want you to be willing uh, to learn the traditions and all of the other AA literature about the concepts. I want you to understand that you have a responsibility to teach what our fellowship is about. And so we're not going to pretend that like a few years from now you can work on the traditions. Right now, while we do this work, you can learn about the traditions too. It's just real simple about, about our, 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 our seventh tradition, about contributing, blah, 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 same stuff. I want you to be willing to learn about, uh, take some guidance about AA etiquette and stuff that we don't talk about sometimes. And I guarantee you most treatment centers don't talk about it. AA etiquette, 
Y'all understand that, right? What's appropriate in an AA meeting? About getting your coffee and sitting your butt down. I can't believe how well y'all have done all this deal. But how many of you guys have ever been in an AA meeting and you're up there giving a little pitch and some guy in the front gets up, clumps, 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 gets a cup of coffee, comes back, drinks it, spills it, clump, 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 gives up it, gets some paper towels, come back down. Y'all understand? Clump, clump, goes down and smokes a cigarette, comes back, takes a dump, takes a pit. I don't know. I don't know, but he spent most of the hour getting up and sitting down. And every time he did, every head in the place went over like this. You'll follow? About the second time my guy gets up and clump, clump, clumps out the room, I meet him at the back of the room. And we're going to have a chat. Come on, guys. If you, can't st- if you can't sit that long, sit in the back. It's just that simple. Dress appropriately. Y'all understand it? Go with it. Y'all just work with it. Uh, you think it's just girls? Forget it. I got some guys that... I, what? Really? Who dressed you this morning? You come out there with old cutoffs with your thing hanging out in the, the deal like that. And you got old, old wife beater t-shirt, old hairy underarm. And I'm, I'm, you may be the only picture of AA that anybody ever gets to see. <laughs> Dr. Bobs used to say it. He said, carry the message and if you must, use words. Yeah. I'm not saying you got to put a coat and tie on every time you come into a meeting, but at least clean up a little bit. Represent. I shouldn't have said the other thing. I probably about that. But... <laughs> Y'all understand. If you're going to be a part of my lineage, you're going to go to group consciences. You don't have to be a part of my group after a period of time. You can go to any group you want to, but I'm going to make sure that you're going to a group conscience to be a part of what we do here. Service structure. All of my guys get involved sooner or later in the service structure unless they're out there speaking or doing something else, uh, which is not any big deal. It's just, it's just pretty simple stuff to do. I want you to look at health and exercise. This is not necessary in the book. Bill Wilson refers to it. Guys, most of us are pretty banged up. And a lot of the guys that I, I'm with, they're not taking vitamins. They're not taking fish oil. There's some great evidence that fish oil is a big restorative, especially from you little dope fiends that snuck in last night and haven't left yet. You're sure, you're sure welcome. Fish oil is a really good thing. that We, we, we prescribe them in, in treatment for a lot of, a lot of these folks. I mean, just exercise. So many people that I talk to, guys... Just just a brisk walk around this hotel will change where your head is at. You know, and I mean, I get these guys all the time that I'm sure Peter does and Myers, you know, I think I need to do another fourth and fifth step. I just, I just feel horrible. I just think I need to, God, buddy, we just did one two weeks ago. You know, I don't think, I don't think that's a problem. You've been laying on your ass in front of that television forever. It's time to get up and move. I didn't say you have to go join the gym, but you got to, you got to get up and move a little bit. Guys, we're not intended to set. We're sedentary, y'all follow? It's just something that I want to I spend some time with them. Uh, last thing I want to mention real quick is something Myers alluded to earlier. He talked uh, specifically about uh, chasing drunks. Big book is crystal clear. We don't chase drunks, you with us? And we don't take them on to raise. I want to get them through the steps quick. Pat them on a little butt and get them out. Now, they can call me anytime they want. I've sponsored Lily over there for, I don't know, seven years. I don't know. He calls me on a regular basis. He, he sends me little tenth steps. We talk on a pretty regular basis. It's just about accountability. There's no big, heavy lifting to do here. When I first got him, we, we spent some time together. Early on, it's going to be labor-intensive. Downstream, six months, if I'm still having to spend, oh, God, you know, every day is another crisis, we got a real problem here. I don't want you to become dependent on me. I want you to become dependent on God. Y'all, y'all are clear on that, right? Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. And then we can go sponsor a whole bunch of cats and we don't have to uh, uh, get in trouble around that. I want to read this little thing to you here. Um, the guys in 1987, when they finally snagged me, uh, they explained to me what I was supposed to be doing. And uh, when that kid stopped me, about I was two, two and a half months sober, and uh, he needed a sponsor, and, he, and we got together. And, and uh, I don't know, it was a pretty cool thing. And every time I turn around, I need a question, I'd go back to my sponsor. And, you know, it was just a constant deal. But we, we, uh, uh, I stayed sober because of that. Y'all need to understand that this is not about whether he stays sober or not. It's whether or not I stay sober. And I don't know if he's going to stay sober or not. I don't know if his heart's in it. I don't know if he's willing to do it. But I get to stay sober. And some of you that are committed on staying sober, y'all need to understand that. Uh, y'all, y'all follow? It's, like I said, this is not therapy. We're not taking them on to raise. All I've got to do is I've got to have a story. Got one. I've got to have a solution. Got one. Check, check. Go give it away. 
And that's all we're asking you to do. And I know it's scary. Nobody wants to do it. Oh, my God, guys, it just drives me crazy. Yeah, I just, you know, I picked up a couple new ones last week and a uh, week before, and it just, it just, I, I just, my head's down, you know, we can, Lord's Prayer and I head's down, I can see them walking, you know, pushing people out of the way and coming over like that. And, you know, I, it's just, can you sponsor me? No. And then you say, why, absolutely. And then y'all follow? I got to tell you what happened a couple weeks ago. I'm sitting there with guys that I'm working with, and this kid comes up, and I says, he's coming. I could smell him. And he was just making a, like, it was like that song, Jaws, you know, dun, 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 dun. He's, he's picking up speed just like Myers was talking about. And this guy got to me, pushed me out of the way, and my sponsee was sitting right behind me. And he went straight back and got my, my sponsee and asked him. And I was, I felt dissed, you know, for a second. I thought, what am I, chopped liver? I mean, I sh- I thought what I shared was pretty good. <laughs> Years ago, uh, we uh, treated a young man in treatment, um, and um, uh, I'd lost track of him over the years. We stayed in touch a bit, and I'd lost track of him. And uh, I was at a, a, a men's conference uh, a bunch of years ago, and, and his, his father came up, and I recognized him from family. And um, buddy, how's he doing? He said, "Buddy, I just need to tell you is that is that he had passed away, and um, he uh, he was a little dope fiend from hell, and uh, he was in another fellowship, and he." The guy pulled out of his briefcase. He said he'd written a letter to the family, and uh, we found this after he died. This was not a, a suicide note. This was a, a letter that he had had written us and, and about being sober. And and um, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's, it's just, but I want you to read a piece of it to understand what I have witnessed forever in this fellowship, including my own life. He he, uh, multiple treatments again. Blah blah. At the bottom of this, it says. I hope to one day make you all proud that you have me in your lives. Maybe someday down the line, I can freely give to others that which has been given to me. There's more, but that's it. Maybe someday down the line, when it's convenient, when I'm better, when I got more time under my belt, maybe I can help you. But you see, we as a fellowship, we've gotten a whole bunch of people that buy into this. You can't give away what you don't have. You know what I'm saying, buddies? I understand that. And it's our responsibility to make sure that the cats get it so that we can give it away. Well, why are we letting him off the hook with the idea that someday? No, no, damn it, not tomorrow. Please, with all the respect I can muster, today. The the clock's ticking. You give back, you get to keep it. Page after page, there's no more reference in the big book than working with others. Help the man up the ladder and you get to be helped. What goes around comes around, the circle triangle, God at the top, me at one side, the new guy at the other side. Everybody understands that. Everybody shakes their head. That's true. That's true. But we don't, we don't abide by it. It's just verbiage. All of us, guys, I know that there's some of you in here that are not sponsoring anybody. I understand it. I don't know how God's going to guide you up. I don't know how that's going to hook. I just know this. If you're willing to do it, here's what the prayer looks like. Don't say it if you don't mean it. It's kind of like the, you know, picking up a desire chip, you know, or doing a third step prayer in a meeting when you're not ready to get sober. It'll screw up your drinking, I guarantee you. Because God takes it serious whether you do or not. The prayer is this. God, send me somebody to work with. Send me somebody that I can give this back to. And then back up. Be ready when the cat comes. And then when the little guy comes up and says, you don't, you don't, you don't really know... Do you think maybe you might be able to help me? Don't say, well, I don't know. Let me ask my sponsor. Don't say that. Say yes. Grab him. Get him quick. Your life depends on it. 
Boy, I'm going to tell you what. We're sitting in that meeting, and I'm watching my guys, and Patty's sitting next to me, and she's watching her girls, and we're watching them watch each other. Yeah, it drives me crazy. <laughs> no, it ain't the truth. And we're watching the door real quick. Um, we're watching the door, and the little newcomer comes in, and it's like I'm watching my guys. Little guy comes in, looks around. We don't know, we don't know him from home. We haven't seen him around, and I'm watching him. Buddy, let's go. It's my, I'm watching my guy across the way. He's got a bunch of guys in his lineage, and, and if if. If his guys get him before my guys get him, there's some shit to pay. <laughs> what are you making me look bad like that for? Next time you... you know, guys, chase the girls. Look at the girls. I don't care. But have, have, be watching the door too. Because when the little newcomer comes in, guys, the book says we tried to carry this message. Stop sitting on your ass waiting for somebody else to come out. You're smoking out there? Well, listen, watch and see. You want to troll? Wait till the meeting like that. and Walk outside and watch the guy that's afraid to come in. He's out there smoking a button. Say, buddy, what's up? Oh, nothing. I got to go in there. I got to get this sheet signed. No shit. I had to get those sheets signed too. You, you, you already got him. Yeah. He'd be just, I, it's all you got to do. Just, but you got to go easy. You know, just, just like fishing. Just like nice and easy. Talk to him a little bit. Hey, buddy, what did you do? Oh, I got caught. God, no kidding. I got, tra- I got stopped down there at that same light too. Oh, that's, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I tell you. And he said, man, I don't know. I'm really tired of this drinking. Yeah, I know. And he, pretty soon he's going to be looking. He says, how long are you sober? He says, I don't know, six months, eight months, two years, ten years, whatever it is. He says, no shit. Click, 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 easy. <laughs> Easy. I've done it a thousand times. Click, 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 click. You know, just like this. And he goes, but you know, you don't look like you're drinking now. So, but I'm not, man. I'm, I'm sober. I've had, a, I've had an experience with this business. And I've got to tell you, my life's never been, never been better. He said, no kidding. Huh. You mean you can wake up without drinking, without thinking about alcohol? Click, 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 click. Easy. I said, yeah. Not in 26 years. Not in six months have I wanted to drink. No sh- How'd you do it? <laughs> Put one foot back so you can get a big pull on that thing. None of this little tick tick shit. Boom! And then, re- then reel him in. That's all you got to do, buddy. Come on, let's talk. We're gonna go eat after this. You know, let's go into the meeting. But you got him hooked. He's your baby. Nobody else is gonna get him. Walk in. This is mine. Is it going to be a pain in the butt? Yes. Is it going to take up some of your time? Absolutely. Are you going to not be able to talk to that girl after the meeting because you just snagged him? Absolutely. Will you be blessed forever? I can promise you guys, this is so not about not drinking one stupid day at a time. Your life will be changed the minute you start giving back. Everybody, I'll repeat what Peter said, and I'm out. Everybody's got their own talents in this deal, folks. Some of you are going to sponsor a thousand guys, men and women. Some of you guys are going to, you know, you're, you're with organization and with, with the meetings and trying to fight through the, the bylaws and all of that stuff, the treasury. Some of you guys can, act, I know people in this room that can actually balance a checkbook. <laughs> what? I know. Come on. I don't know what to tell you. That's pretty good stuff. You know, everybody gets to use their talents in this thing. I'm just saying, if you'll find a job in this thing, you'll stay for the rest of your life. Make sense? If we can ever help you, you let us know. Thank you.